Hello. Welcome to another episode of Diagnosing a Killer, The Mental Breakdown. Minty Breaky. I'm Koel. And I'm Kenna. Welcome back. My back fucking hurts, speaking of back. I was gonna say, didn't you just bang your knee a little bit ago, too, or something? Yeah, I have a giant bruise on, like, the left side of my left knee. I guess I, like, hit it on something the other night, because I had it for a few days, and I hit it on the washing machine door, like, earlier, and it hurt so bad. It was, like, right in that same spot. Oh, I hate that. I know, and my hip has been fucking killing me lately. Sitting here is not gonna help. Yeah, I know. And (laughs) with the new job and stuff, I'm up and down, up and down, up and down all day, and I'm Mm -hmm. lifting a lot. So it's just, I mean, it's understandable that it's been sore, but I'm definitely going to get back into physical therapy, I think. I was talking to mom mom about it. For those of you that don't know, Kenna's actually had surgery on her hip before, so. Yeah, fucking She had, what what did they call it? Dancer's hip? No. No. Didn't they call it dancers? <laughs> Not hip? at all. No. No. It's a, was that from a TV show? I probably. think I'm thinking of a TV show then. I had a tear in my left labrum, which is the almost like tendon that connects your joint to your pelvis, like the socket. Ugh. I had a tear in that. Oh. So they went in and like kind of like clipped it almost. Like they put like bobby pins, if you will, like on it to like keep it together. But my doctor did say that it's like only like 60% effective, like the surgery. And I was like, honestly, I was in so much pain when I first got it done a couple of years ago. You're like, 60% I was like, Fuck sounds it. great. Exactly. Like, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it can't be any fucking worse than it is yeah. now. But a couple of years later, it's it's getting back to the point where it what probably was before. So I don't know if I'll have to get surgery again or hopefully PT will help because when yeah. I was in when I was on crutches I went to PT for like six to eight weeks and it really really started to help but then as soon as I got off crutches I was like fuck that I don't need to go to PT anymore <laughs> wrong nobody's gonna want to date a cripple yeah sorry <laughs> Elliot Roger but yeah so that's a little snippet about my life today what about you what did you do today I just hung out with my son he's experiencing some hearing issues uh anyways i gotta take him to the doctor tomorrow because he's just like huh what what huh like all day sounds like a guy and i'm just well (laughs) um i really at this point me and his other parents we really think that there's something sinusy going on ent wise so we're gonna go get a flush tomorrow Ooh, he's gonna love that gonna get a cleanse and uh yeah we were just running around we did a few errands and he was like, can we go to Thai chili? And I was like, it's so funny because it's not that he likes Thai food. It's that he likes the popcorn chicken. Yeah. Just like the little bits of popcorn. That's all he wants is popcorn chicken. I'm like, baby, I can buy you a frozen bag of that. Yeah, for real. Tyson. Yeah. Hit him up. Actually, I don't buy Tyson. Fuck them. And then he lost his little tooth the other day. I saw. His front tooth. Oh my so gosh, she looks so cute. So it's just that. And then, of course, you know, typing up some stuff, doing some research. Opening my mail. Opening your mail. <laughs> Bro. Who gets mail from the attorney general's office if it's not, like, me? (laughs) Okay. If you must know, people listening, TurboTax apparently charged a bunch of people, their customers, more than they should have. Or they charged people for a service that should have been provided for free. So I just got a refund for that. Oh. So Dana said that she got one, too. So anybody that used TurboTax last year... I did. They might send you one, too. And it was dated from last year, so I'm anticipating to get one from this year as well, because they charged me again this year. 
What? This is just what I read on the letter, but just for future ref. Yeah. Uh, one of my biggest pet peeves when Every- people open my mail. Oh, yeah. I no, can't. for sure. Same. I'm, I'm the same way. I can't. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, let me just open a piece of your mail. How do you feel about that? <laughs> no, what I loved Somebody was... Somebody write me a letter so Kenna will open up the right. mail. Because <laughs> I don't receive any mail. What I loved was that you texted me and said, can I open this? And didn't wait for me to respond. So when I said no, you were like, oops. I'm like, why the <laughs> fuck did you ask then if you already did? <laughs> Next I was time, <laughs> wait for a response. Well, the thing was, was, I couldn't wait because I was in a dead zone and it wasn't sending the message and I was like fuck this I'm not gonna wait oh my god and then by the time I got back to my phone I was like oh it's sent and you were like please don't do that and I was like oops yeah sorry thanks for that (laughs) (laughs) we got a new patreon we did we did Alexis is a a patreon now or a patron patron and I now listen to a UK podcast by the way and they say patrons the people on they do they say patrons I'm pretty sure patrons is something that is definitely... I don't know, but they are from the UK and they say patrons. Well, not everybody from the UK also says urinal, but some people say, you know, urinal instead of urinal, which is weird to me. Urinal. I feel like there's like so so much... (laughs) It sounds so much more, like so much more effort to say urinal than urinal. I don't know. I just like that they say pedophile. The pedophile. Yeah. But anyway... Alexis, thank you so much. <laughs> I shot you a text so you know that I love you and we both love you. But thank you because thank you. P- Patreon supporters genuinely make a big difference in what we do. Huge. They really allow us to be able to maintain the website like we do, make the merch line happen, you know, continue to have an RSS account, things like that. Of course. So thank you guys and thank you to all of our existing Patreons yes. as well. And to future ones. And to future ones. Hit me up. In the meantime, you can check out diagnosingakiller.com. There you can find links to merch and resources. Catch us on social media anywhere at diagnosingakiller, other than Twitter, which is at killerdiagnosis. Email us, rate us, buy merch. Buy merch. Merch really helps us out, y'all. Like, seriously, if y'all don't want to do the monthly Patreon or any of that other stuff, buy a t-shirt or a sticker or something. That is also a great way to show us some love and support. And we do get... Of course, a little bit of, a little bit off the top. Yeah, so. for sure. And it, again, it all goes towards things just to put back into the podcast. Of course, we're not like going out to the bar with that shit. No, <laughs> nope. And what's what's funny is that it does take like a few days to process all that to process all that stuff. So, yeah, it definitely helps out. It's uh, it's going straight back into this because we're passionate about it and we love it and we love you guys. So, absolutely. Are you ready? I think so. You sure? I'm actually in quite a bit of pain, but y'all, let's go. Okay. Today, we're going to be talking about Barbara and Richie Dickstein. Okay. So, Barbara and Richie Dickstein were a married couple living in Yonkers, New York. Yonkers. Yonkers. Barbara and Richie, Richie was a corrections officer for many years, they found serial killers fascinating. So, over the course of 20 years, Barb and Richie corresponded with over 100 infamous killers including Charles Manson, John Wayne Gacy, Richard Ramirez, and others. Damn. The couple would collect about 300,000 letters from all of these people, famous killers. And you're going to read some? I am. Oh, that's amazing. (laughs) I know. That's awesome. Side note before you get started, because I definitely am excited to hear all this without interrupting. Casey and I went to the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum. I think I said that on the last episode. Mm -hmm. Maybe not. No, I don't think you did. Oh, I think we went Saturday. So yeah, yeah, it it wouldn't have been. 
But anyway, we went to see it, and they had a ch- shirt that Charlie Manson wore in prison, and he signed it, and they had a it shirt? in like a glass frame. It was like a oh. blue. It was like a blue button down, like a long sleeve button down. And Casey was like, "Damn, that shirt's kind of like a like <laughs> a like, prison yeah. uniform." Yes, because that's what they used to be like denim. Yeah, it, you know? yeah, it was like a denim, but it was like something that I would wear today, or like Casey would wear today. Yeah. But yeah, it had a signature on like the pocket area, like the frocket area. That's so cool. I know. I was like, damn. <sighs> shirts like that also remind me of Ed Gein, too, because he yeah. always wore, like, a farmer's-looking shirt, you know? Yeah, yeah. Ugh. So Barb and Richie would actually portray themselves as, like, different types of characters in order to manipulate the killers, right? So with Richard Ramirez, Barb pretended to be a stripper and even sent him photos of, like, her, like, portraying portraying a stripper. Like, photos of a different woman. Like, entirely. <laughs> it's kind of fucked up. Well, it kind of... It's Send like a random lady <laughs> to Richard Ramirez. 1980s catfishing. Trying to, like, get out and find her It's catfishing. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially. That was that lady. Yeah, isn't that creepy? Oh, my gosh. Ugh. I bet he was eating that up, though. He, oh, he like, did. Yeah, he's... Sex, drugs, and rock and roll all night. They Remember would, his answer? They would... Yeah. Oh, we're gonna get... Oh, we're gonna get into something oh, with God. Richard Ramirez. But yeah, they would they would essentially look at how or who they killed, what their like obsessions were, or affinities were, and they would portray themselves as those people. Oh my god! Like I said, it's like serial killer catfishing. That's it's so strange, so wild. And I bet the serial killers, like especially like Bundy and the ones that are like really really bright, are probably like, hmm, this might yeah. be a trap. <laughs> so Richie would actually portray himself to be gay to. Uh, Gacy and to Dahmer as well. Yeah. Did he also portray himself to be like a child, Gacy <laughs> to Dahmer? Because... Oh, well, yeah. That Ew, also comes that's up later. Gross. Ugh. So Richie's uh, closest pen pal was actually David Berkowitz. They actually became very dear friends, first writing to, Ber- writing to Berkowitz in 1992. Richie said that he, and Barbara also said that Richie had a very true friendship with David, even visiting him multiple times over the years. She became homies? They were just, like, BFFs. I don't know if I could do that. You don't think he could do that? I don't think so. I feel like I would be, like, always looking over my shoulder. Yeah. Even if they're in prison. Like, God forbid they escape or they get out somehow. How do I know I'm really friends with them? Right. You know? Or if they're just going to use you or something. Yeah, exactly. Richie was also in direct correspondence regularly with Susan Smith, the one that killed her two sons, the one that drove the van into the river. So everybody that we've ever done on the podcast ever. Isn't it weird? It's <laughs> so weird. <laughs> and so um, apparently Richie and Susan talked so frequently, Susan fell in love with Richard and actually thought that when she got out, they were going to get married. That's how intimate their talks were. And his wife was just cool with this? Yeah, because she was also talking to someone else. I forgot who it was. But she she apparently had a... Oh, it started with a B. I don't remember. But either way, he was just as obsessed with her. And, like, yeah. Well, Isn't that strange? That is strange. And it kind of sounded like in the beginning it was, like, maybe a couple that maybe were similar to... Michelle McNamara and, right, Michelle McNamara and Patton Patton Oswalt? Oswalt. Not not necessarily Patton, but Michelle. Very interested in getting to know the people because of the psychology, but now it kind of seems like they both might have what we talked about on Lady, that, like, weird obsession with bad people, like, pillars or whatever. I don't know. Just, like, because it kind of seems like they're, like, yeah, they might be portraying this, like, character to get these people to open up to them more, but it also kind of seems like they might be enjoying it, like, if they're having that intimate of conversations. The thing is, is, like, it is kind of a bit of insight into, like, who these people were or are, and 
I don't know. You get kind of caught up in it, maybe. But for the most part, I think it really is just something that nobody else has ever done before. That's kind of a true. Thing, yeah. You know, and so more letters just keep the letters coming. You know, I mean, it's just who gets to say that they do that, you know? See, yeah, and that's super interesting to me, like, in this moment to hear about it. Again, I probably could not do that. Yeah, I probably I wouldn't. Could. I wouldn't be interested in... I would be, like, freaking out if a serial killer, like, knew my address. <laughs> yeah. Well, they might have had a P.O. box. I don't know. Still. Unfortunately, Richie would pass away in 2018. Oh, no. So now these conversations are actually documented on a podcast called Killer's Vault. It's actually hosted by Elizabeth Rum of Law & Order, and narrated by Eric Roberts. Hmm. Um, they are on every single platform. It's only been a seven-part series. It came out in 2021. Hmm. But they do read these letters and go over... Yeah. That's really cool. It's really interesting. So if you want, like, an uber deep dive into what we're talking yes. about now... Okay, cool. Absolutely. What's it called? It's called Killer's Vault. Okay, cool. I'm, I'm really interested in listening to it. Barbara told the New York Post, quote... If you look at most of these serial killers' childhoods, they never really had any love. I think that they thought that with us, here someone's willing to show me love, and I'll try it with them. End quote. I mean, it's very true. A lot of them have very shitty childhoods. So Richard Ramirez, a.k.a. the Night Stalker, who we've done a case on, he actually killed 13 and raped several others. In one letter, Ramirez asked Barbara to send him pictures of her feet and once wrote about Hillary Clinton, quote, her calves and ankles are definitely healthy, end quote. Okay. <laughs> There's just something about Hillary. Like, he's got a big thing for Hillary Clinton. Gross. Or did, I guess. Oh, speaking of Richard Ramirez, complete side note, I don't know if you saw, uh, something went down at the Cecil Hotel the other day. There <gasps> no. was, like, either someone threatening to jump or something, but there was, like, someone, it was, like, I saw it on TikTok, someone was recording the hotel and it was surrounded, they had stopped traffic, it was surrounded by cops, and ambulances and fire trucks were coming, what? too. I never followed up and looked at, like, exactly what happened, and honestly, it might have been a video from a while ago, An but I didn't see yeah. it the other day. Yeah. But yeah, I just thought that was interesting. Ugh. We're gonna have to look that up. So again, Richard Ramirez corresponding with, what were their names? Barbara, Barbara. and, <laughs> Barbara and Richie, my bad. His <laughs> name's Richard, and I, the other guy's name's Richard, and I'm like, what's his name? Oh, it's, it's Richie, yeah. <laughs> So they actually sent Richard Ramirez a questionnaire to, like, fill out. It's not the same one that I showed you recently, right? About the one... No. Oh, okay. No, it's, it's a different one? a different one, yeah. I'm sure there's plenty. There's probably just <laughs> to make sure. How many times, right? right? He's been asked specific questions. So the perfect man or woman. Superman or Wonder Man? Wonder Woman. Wonder, Wonder Man. <laughs> Yeah. Superman. Superman or Wonder Woman. I don't know why. Because they're all powerful, maybe? Cause they, yeah, because well, I guess they're really, but... super ripped. I don't know. <laughs> um, favorite childhood hero, Jack the Ripper or Frankenstein? Yeah, the one that I had said Jack the Ripper, but it didn't say Frankenstein, oh. so it's obviously a different one. But yeah, childhood hero, Jack the Ripper. And it's not Frank Frankenstein the doctor? Yeah. Because it's Frankenstein's monster. Yeah. The so. monster is not named Frankenstein. Cute. It's not. Yeah. His name is just Monster. <laughs> Let's make that very clear for everyone. Yeah. Favorite movie, Unforgiven? I don't know that movie. I'm probably going to sound so daft. Well, I don't know that movie either, but I guarantee you he's like, it's I'm probably... unforgiving, so I relate to it. <laughs> or something. He's trying to be all, It's about like, puppies. Yeah. Yeah. Like, something... Like, he's trying to be all deep, and it's like... <laughs> Not even that important. It is 
a Clint Eastwood movie that came out in 1992. Damn, Casey's going to be so mad at me for He's not knowing that. He's probably going to be fucking pissed. <laughs> Every January 1st, I resolve to be more of an asshole than I already am. <laughs> okay, he's just a fucking troll. He is, like, he is yeah. like an internet troll IRL. <laughs> like, IRL. Nobody knows I'm more depraved than they think I am. Nobody knows. Depraved? Depraved. Does he... Depraved. Doesn't depraved mean, like, missing things? Like, you're depraved of food like or he's depraved of so, love? Like, he's... Or... No, he's... Well, no, that's deprived. Oh, deprived. <laughs> deprived. Hello. Depraved meaning, like, how low and how shallow I am. Like, how... You know what I'm saying? How pretty bottom sure. barrel I am. Yeah, pretty sure everyone knows that, Richie. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Rich. Rick. Rick. <laughs> Rick. Ricky Ram. What I don't like about people, a lot of things. Deep. <laughs> is this, uh, I thought this, is this not Elliot Roger? Um, <laughs> my biggest fear, none. Of course not. Friends like me because... Who needs friends? I was going to say, it's probably like, <laughs> I don't have any or something stupid yeah. like that. Friends are dumb. You're literally filling this out for a friend. That's such a deal. Seriously. Who needs friends? Like, Who needs fuck friends? Even, right? Like, I might as well just crumple up this piece of paper yeah. then. Why even respond? If I were an animal, I'd be a panther. Okay. Personal goals in life, none. No. <laughs> Well, I mean, where's he going to go? He's on death row. So. Well, you think it would be like, <laughs> kill as many people as possible. Yeah. <laughs> Favorite number, 666. 69. Political views, crazy anarchy, question mark? Whatever that means. He's like answering his own question. <laughs> <laughs> he just needs to make up his own question. He's like, crazy anarchy? That guy's a nut job. Whatever that cra- means. That guy's crazy. I don't know what that means. Born and brewed in Southern California since 1963, the coffee bean and tea leaf has always been passionate about connecting loyal customers with carefully handcrafted products. Their coffee master, Jay Isaias, only selects the top 1% of Arabica beans from the world's best-growing regions, giving customers the best quality products every time. Whether you're looking for a dark roast to liven up your day or a soothing tea to relax into the night, the coffee bean and tea leaf has it all. Click the link in our show notes today to save $15 off your first purchase and get sipping. Religious thinking? Evil? He did not put a question mark there. He did. Oh Evil? My God, that's fucking hilarious. What are you thinking now? Evil thoughts? Evil doorways? Like, he's trying to sound... Crazy. He's trying to sound scary, and he yeah. just sounds dumb. He does. He sounds <laughs> dumb AF. Anyways, that's Richard Ramirez that's in a nutshell. hilarious. That might be the same, like, questionnaire that I saw, but I definitely didn't have the same answers. It was probably much longer, maybe, and there's uh, different, like, excerpts of it. Yeah, for some reason, like, the one, like, uh, what I don't like about people, a lot of things, like, that like, sounds familiar to And the Jack the Ripper was definitely yeah. online, too. Either way, so, super fucking interesting. Yeah. And if anyone missed that episode that I talked about it in, here you go. <laughs> So John Wayne Gacy, a.k.a. the Killer Clown, was convicted of killing 33 young men and boys between 67 and 78. That was a rough case. 
That was a really rough I'm pretty sure I explained, like, every single guy that went missing, or boy that you went did. missing, and I was, like, just drowning. drowning and then the way, that, the way that he would stack them uh, on yeah. top of each other was really, really nuts. Yeah. Gacy sent one of his final letters to Richie before his execution in May 1994. Gacy was upset that Richie had yet to fulfill some promises, quote, end quote. Oh, my God. So this is from the letter. Quote, You have failed to keep your word with me for the past few months, always saying that you're going to send me more revealing photos, etc., or just the younger ones. And yet your word is for shit. I still have not gotten one, so why keep saying things to me if you don't intend on keeping your word? How soon are you coming out? Hell, I have been... I have been hearing it since last August, and you're still not here. Almost as bad as you not sending those photos. So get with both and stop making excuses. No more, I can't find them, or I forgot. Hell, if you mean what you say, then just do it. It would make me happy, end quote. That's fucking disgusting. Isn't that fucking gross? And also, if for any reason he was ever, like, given a trial to appeal, that should have been admissible because that's fucking telling that he it is. is not changed at all. No, absolutely not. And he probably asked, added at the end, P.S. Call me the Colonel. Call me the, <laughs> call me the Colonel. P.S. You have to call me the Colonel if you show up. Thank you. <laughs> I want a VHS or tape just, of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah he just, just signs the it the Colonel. <laughs> yeah, isn't that fucking creepy? So when you said that earlier about, well, I thought he liked young boys. The fact that he's asking a grown-ass man for younger photos yeah, of himself. fucking creepy. It's fucking gross. In a previous letter, Gacy complained about another issue he was having, quote-unquote. Quote, yes, I am over the flu, thank God. Hell, while I had it and I was taking pills, I couldn't get hard, so no jacking off for over ten days. Hey, you've been using that hot oil treatment for other areas, so you will be nice and smooth, too. So fill me in on those hot fantasies and what you're expecting of me. Hey, I aim to please and teach you as much as I know if you're a good student. End quote. I only hope that the flu was awful and his dick almost fell off. I was actually thinking when you said he was experiencing another issue, I was literally going to say, like, impotence, but I didn't say anything, and then I was like, oh, lol. ED? No, I'm sorry. Like, ED is not something to joke about, but in this case, fuck that guy. No, fuck that guy. He deserves ED. Yeah, he needed needed a cast. He deserves no D. (laughs) He needs the dough special. That's so gross. (laughs) Jesus. The deluxe dough treatment, please. He... It's so gross. Like, he think, what, does, do you think he thinks he's talking to a younger boy? Or do you think he knows that this guy is this age and, I mean, he's asking just for younger um, pictures? I don't really know. I'm sure they probably go over it in that podcast episode because they do have specifically yeah. a Gacy case. Um, I don't know. I think that maybe he might know that he is that age or maybe he portrayed himself as somebody younger. I don't know. See, that's even creepier. If you think that Richie, like portrayed himself to be 22 already or yeah. something because he was already in his 40s or 50s so well maybe not maybe 40s but to portray yourself already as like a 22 year old and then he's like show me younger photos of you that's yeah that's fucking gross fucking you know what would be really interesting if someone and i'm sure that it's happening somewhere in the world but just to put it out there if someone were to do this like today with people that are convicted of certain crimes like rape or murder things like that but maybe have a chance at parole later in life and then be able to use these letters if and when this person would try to appeal to show, like, look, this person is not reformed or not 
any better than they were when they got arrested or, you know, whatever. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. I think that if maybe, if not for any other reason, maybe that's why Barbara and Richie did this. Yeah. So that if someone were to be up for parole or a lesser sentence or an appeal or whatever, that they could take these in and say, you know, in lieu of a victim impact statement, this person clearly has all of these same tendencies that they had. Thankfully, a lot of these people are death row inmates yeah. because they were just so awful. They yeah. never plan on changing because they don't have to. They know they're not going to get out. Exactly. But that's what I'm saying. Like, it would be kind of a cool thing to be able to show, like, if this person truly is, you know, again, reformed. It's almost like the to catch a predator, like, when a person that is clearly over the age of 18, you know, in our eyes, proposes as a younger girl doing the fucking Lord's work, <laughs> and then they get these pedophiles off the street. Of course, yeah. David Berkowitz, a.k.a. Son of Sam, who terrorized New York from 76 to 77, was the closest to Richie, like I mentioned earlier. And you can really hear it in a well-wished letter that Berkowitz sent Richie in January of 2003. Okay. Quote, Hi, Richie. I hope this letter finds you doing well under the circumstances. I have been praying for you, and I believe this year will have some nice things in store for you. My heart does go out to you, Richie, at your loss, but I have asked the Lord to show you mercy and comfort in your heart. I have your letter dated December 23rd, and I want to wish you a happy birthday. I have no card to mail out, but you know that my birthday wishes were with you. You asked me for a photo, and then you asked me to draw a picture of myself, what I look like. For some reason, this put me at ill ease. I know you were kind of joking, but it spooked me. I don't think that you understand what I go through and the pain and grief that I have over my heart over the past. And even 25 years later, the media still chases me around. I am ashamed of the the past, and I want to move on. I have a fear that some people write to me for other motives. If it were not for God's grace, I wouldn't make it. End quote. Those are a few quotes that were I took from the letter. Because the only other parts he was talking about was, like, the Jets and stuff. He was talking sports. So, I think that Berkowitz is a lot different than Richard Ramirez and John Wayne Gacy. And the fact that he is very seriously mentally ill, and I truly believe that it did cause his crimes, I think that he's probably been asked to draw himself by numerous therapists and psychiatrists to see how he thinks of himself in his mind and that's probably very scary to him yeah because one of the things that i've seen interview wise with patients that are on the schizophrenic spectrum or do have psychosis of some sort or psychotic disorder they draw very real raw almost scary images of themselves Mm -hmm. and i think that might be where he was like that made me feel a little uncomfortable i don't know what other people's motives are i really hope that was like a good motive on your end and not, you know, sinister or whatever. Right, exactly. And that kind of hurts my heart. I know. That's really sad. It was really interesting to read the letter. It's typed out very well, and he's clearly a well-spoken individual. I'm sure he's learned quite a lot in just being incarcerated. And, again, that him and Richie had a very deep friendship, and it was a friendship that lasted a long time, I want to say, like, 12 years. And... Berkowitz actually cried when he realized that Richie had passed away. I mean, that's how close they were. They were really close. Yeah. So I can see that maybe this this um, letter would have been after some time of knowing each other, but maybe not 
after knowing each other for so long. Yeah. I don't really know. I mean, it said 2003, and I think they stopped corresponding in, like, 2005. So I don't know how close they were versus whatever. Either way, he was clearly uncomfortable. Yeah. And he voiced that. And he, like you said, it's almost like, I hope that's not what's going on. It's kind of sad that that's kind of what's going on. Yeah. You know? Well, and that shows me how much he's progressed in his mental illness. Whether or not he's being medicated correctly under behind bars, we don't know. But clearly the routine is helping him mm-hmm. enough to even be able to voice those concerns. Because someone that is very, like, suffering from a schizophrenia disorder like he was... Mm-hmm usually isn't able to voice those concerns because they have so much other stuff going on inside their head. They don't even recognize sometimes that that's what's happening. So the fact that he's able to understand that that might be, he might be being manipulated and voice those concerns shows me that he's made a lot of progress. Yeah, I had at this point. And then kind of politely declined, honestly, instead of people like Ramirez that's saying, let me give them as much shocking material as possible. This is good for my image. You and know? I think that's the difference in serious mental illness and, like, well, not serious mental because they're both very seriously mentally ill, but the difference in the types of diagnoses that right. they have. D- yeah, differentiating between something like schizophrenia spectrum disorder and somebody who has a narcissistic personality yeah, disorder, right? Exactly. It's just different types of And disorders. it's hard, yeah, because both people can be completely reformed and can make progress in their diagnoses but again it's how you treat it it's how you begin you know just treatment if you if you're getting treatment they're both in different prisons who knows right maybe berkowitz was fortunate enough to get help with a psychiatrist and treatment and richard maria's wasn't right you know we just never know and we're not going to which is unfortunate that's why it's so important to get help early on. That's my last point. <laughs> and be supportive of the people around you as well. Like, you know, if you know somebody that's experiencing that, somebody, you know, a loved one that's going through that, and to be supportive of that. Richard Ramirez never had the support. Yeah. Berkowitz kind of had the support. He had, you know, some loss and some grief and some trauma at a young age, but he was taken in mm-hmm. by people that cared about him, yeah. you know? Absolutely. So he did somewhat have that support. Jeffrey Dahmer, who was convicted of 16 murders, most notably ate some of his victims, even keeping some body parts, was not bashful when it came to writing Richie back in March of 94. I'm waiting on you to do an episode on him. (laughs) We'll see. I'm passing it along to you. I'm not going to tackle that one. (laughs) Quote, Dear Richard, hello, how are you today? You gotta do it in the accent. Dear Richard. (laughs) Okay, that's all I need to thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I got some rotten meat in my freezer. <laughs> Hello, how are you today? I just received your letter this afternoon and thought that I would write back. It's always nice to get mail from someone new. I'd like to get to know you better, but with all of the mail that I get, it's difficult to know who I should respond to. So in your next letter, would you please send me some really good photos to help your letter stand out in the crowd? You said you're a bodybuilder. That's good. I'd like to see every unclothed, muscular inch of you. I'm allowed to keep any type of photo except Polaroids, so don't take pictures with Polaroid cameras, okay? Well, Richard, thanks for writing. I'll be looking forward to hearing from you soon. Sincerely, Jeff. End quote. He always went by Jeff. Ugh, the bitch. <laughs> Ew. I like that Richie goes by Richie and he said, Dear Richard, at the beginning. Like, I hope you're doing well. No, the fuck you don't. You just want to see that guy's dick. (laughs) 
Dear Dick. Dear Dick. <laughs> Can I see your dick, please? Dick, 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 dick. dick. Sincerely, Dick. dick. <laughs> no, that's really gross, though. <sighs> no, that ain't me. <laughs> oh, uh, that's really gross. Yeah, it's, it's pretty gross. You said it's... He thinks he's manipulating him. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, in all seriousness, that was pretty aggressive. <laughs> no, yeah. It, it, he... You can hear the narcissism in that letter. Yeah. He thinks he's smarter than He thinks he's him. smarter. Oh, I just need to, like, have some pictures so that your letter kind of stands out. Like, I'm helping you. I have so, that... so much fan mail. I have so much fan mail. Help me sift through it by sending me sexy photos of you, you bodybuilder. Yeah. Every unclothed muscular inch. That's so gross. <laughs> That's so gross. <laughs> he just sends him like a picture of his calf. <laughs> That's all he gets back. To it's just calf. a calf, just a big toe. Oh, Richard Ramirez would like that though. <laughs> yeah, Ugh. isn't that creepy? Ugh. Dear Richard, dear Richard, <laughs> I like that he's like trying to manipulate him. Then he tries to compliment him, kind of, and then he's like making demands like no polaroids though no but no polaroids because i won't be able to keep those so you know here's the guidelines here's the rules <laughs> here's my here's my rules just follow each of them every every direction but that's the thing that's what he was used to yeah when he was out in the free world he was able to manipulate and control a lot of the men that he hung out with because yeah. a lot of them were in the closet a lot of mm -hmm. them were not openly gay men mm -hmm. and neither was himself so he was able to kind of use that right they were usually much younger than him so he was able to use that he would supply them with drugs and alcohol. Yeah. He, would, he was able to use that. There's a lot of things that he did with his victims that were based on control and manipulation, uh, yeah. and he thinks he can still do that. Like, well, yeah, he's, like, behind bars. talking his way into it or, like, having an excuse for everything. Yeah, you know what already. I mean? A fantastic excuse for everything. This is why I am the way that I am. You know, and then, of course, if he never hears from this guy ever again, he's not going to care. He's going to go on to the next victim. He's going to wait until someone is able to be manipulated and just yeah. does what he says because they're like oh my god you're jeffrey Dahmer." it was definitely one of the creepier ones yeah that is really creepy charles manson who was convicted of seven counts of first degree murder and conspiracy to commit murder often rambled in his writings and they were wrought with misspellings tons of misspellings throughout mm -hmm. his letters it's so wild to me that he got charged with first degree murder and he seven never counts. murdered and he never <laughs> murdered anybody god that's just that just shows like how yeah. controlling and manipulative he, he was, was he was there i think one or two of the crime scenes while yeah. the murders were being committed but i don't but think he ever touched anybody not even like you know accessory or anything it no. was nope no you get first degree fucking murder we're making sure you seven. never get them yeah seven counts seven prostitutes richie convinced manson that he was actually a manager of a strip club and that barbara considered manson manson to be um certifiable which is her word specifically like he's certifiably nuts like oh. crazy He's certifiable. That's what she, the way she would describe him, which is what she said, not the, what we said. Just to, to let you, everybody know. One of these letters is as follows. Mind you, it is almost completely illegible had I not found a transcript for this. Because okay. he cannot read his handwriting. And even then, whatever has been deciphered is also very choppy. Okay. So bear with me. Quote, Richard, it's always good to hear from you. I've been a few years working out of the hole. Again. Oh, well, when the other tell me and make up stories they want to believe because it adds to their job importance, I get to go over the same old, same old so I can turn the circles in the chains of command. Send your number and I'll call you. 
I know you've been used by some people who call me brother, and one day maybe it'll catch up. You and I are still solid as far as I'm concerned. I did ask a good friend to help me, and I explained. We'll be in contact. Easy. Charles Manson. P.S. If I get out, could you get me a job as a bouncer? End quote. L-M-A-O. That's hilarious. <laughs> I'm really good at breaking necks. <laughs> He's never even touched anybody who wants I to be a bouncer. Apparently he used to hang out at the CBGB, though, which was like a club. No, he thinks he could just like stare at someone and then they'll just do what he wants. Yeah. That's what he, that's what he did. Yeah. Like, oh, He's not going to bounce anybody. He's going to manipulate them to get, to be bounced. <laughs> to be bounced. <laughs> They're going to bounce themselves. So you'd be like, holy shit, you have Charles Manson yeah. over here? <laughs> that club's going to be closed down in a week. <laughs> Imagine you're like getting kicked out of a club by Charlie Manson. A strip club. Is that Charles Manson you can work in the door? He just hopped up on the table and took a shit. Seriously. Started flinging it at people. He's standing over there like touching his temples with his fingers. I think he thinks he's hypnotizing people. No, but that's like really choppy yeah really choppy and i don't like that he says easy at the end that's kind of weird like like not take it easy easy, just not yeah just easy easy. like i'm gonna start saying that easy breezy beautiful cover girl like what does that mean (laughs) (laughs) we need charles manson in a cover girl ad oh my god yeah so that's the last one that i have i wish i could i was trying to look for a susan smith one but i couldn't find one yeah because that would be really interesting that would be really interesting i actually thought i heard Nah, I think I just saw TikTok again. Because I'm, I'm on Crime Talk now. Like, all of my <laughs> TikTok algorithm yeah. is true crime. And I think she just popped up on my true crime, yeah. like, or my TikTok the other day. But that was really good. Like, super interesting mental breakdown. I feel like we don't have one that's anything like that. Yeah, I, as soon as I came, I came across an article. I don't even remember what I was looking up, but I was looking up something. I don't know. I thought maybe that I would do ones about romance, mm-hmm. you know? Because I was kind of thinking of Menendez Brothers and how they've been married and... All this oh, stuff yeah. and like what the what the process would look like for people that maybe have been on the inside that are successfully married, mm-hmm. maybe even have children. Ooh. So I kind of went was gonna go that route. Spoilers, I guess, because maybe we can still do it. But I came across Barb and Richie, and I was like, "Wow, that is incredible!" I think Inside Edition's done a little case on them. New York Post did a little case on them, and yeah, just pretty much that. And then reading the letters, it was just. Yeah. It was really interesting to me. You know, it would be cool if we did, like, a killer couple Patreon bonus episode where we did, like, four couples or whatever and just, like, kind of did their stories, like, kind of in a row. Yeah. So we can get, like, four cases almost in one, like, almost like the non-guilty verdicts one that we did. Yeah, that that would be really interesting. But anyway, yeah, that was really awesome. Good good job. (laughs) Good job. Good job. And again, all that stuff is out there. Listen to Killer's Vault. Yeah. It's the first time that I had heard about it, too, while doing this research, and I'm really excited to listen to it. I didn't want to listen to it and then do this episode because I didn't want to be influenced or take anything from that. Exactly. I kind of wanted to just give just a baseline of the kind of information that you'll find on that podcast, but go listen to that. Again, it was in 2021 with Elizabeth Rom and... Eric Roberts, which I love Eric Roberts' voice. So so from what I can tell, Eric Roberts is the one that reads all of the letters. Okay. So he's got a really, you know, charismatic voice and he does each character, yeah. assuming. But awesome. yeah, seven episodes of that. Yeah, I have uh, just another pos- podcast suggestion as well, if we can. I told you I've been listening to the podcast that I found in the, U- in the UK. I kind of looked up 
popular UK podcast because, you know, I love the accents and stuff. But I wanted to get, like, kind of out of America and hear more of their true crime. Mm -hmm. But I've been listening to this one called Seeing Red. Um, I think they've actually gotten, like, 5 million downloads. So they're pretty popular. They don't need me to, like, vouch for them or anything. (laughs) But it's Mark, and I'm pretty sure her name is Bevan, if I'm not mistaken. But they're really great, honestly. I've been listening to them, and I followed them on Instagram and stuff, too. That's a really cute name, Bevan. I think that's her name. I don't know if it's a nickname or not. And they're just... I think they've just been friends for a long time. So, cool dynamic. They're not, Mm -hmm. like, a couple. They're not... You know, two girls or two guys like we usually see on True Crime with yeah. two girls, especially. So it's a cool dynamic, and they're really cool, really, really wise. Mm-hmm. And their cases are all everything that I haven't heard yet again because it's all mostly in the UK. Yeah, interesting. But they do a really great job. Good suggestion. All right, uh, I think we are done for the yeah, night. Yeah, right? we will see you guys on Thursday. I'm so excited to listen to your case. I know it's been two weeks of listening <gasps> to your case, I know. dude. This next case, I'm telling you, like, get fucking ready, like. It is horrific. Not the actual crime. I mean, the crimes are horrific. Don't get me wrong. But the childhood, like, Ugh. I was almost in tears. So no. it's okay. going to be a tearjerker. Okay. But we'll see you guys on leave Thursday. you guys on the edge of the seat. Yes. Okay. All right. Love, Love you. you. Bye. Bye. You already know that craft beers have been exploding in popularity over the past decade. But what you might not know is that there are thousands of awesome craft beers being produced by these new microbreweries regularly. With Craft Beer Club, each order will showcase two breweries from different regions in the U.S. and includes four beer styles with a brand new box each shipment. You'll also receive publications that detail the history about the featured breweries, tasting notes, pairing options, and maybe even a little trivia. Click on our link in the show notes below and get free shipping along with up to three free gifts with your first purchase. Order Craft Beer Club today.